Philippines, and more of Global Val's election season coverage 2018 next Friday. Check out globalval.blogspot.com for all of the interviews of, of the Politico and the political hopefuls. Go register to vote. Do it.
women, I care for you. Revolutionary women, I care for all of you. You are the world, center of the world. No other, there is no other.
a little music from the Troublemakers Union. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective here. I'm Global Val here with Diamond Dave. Hi, Dave. Troublemakers Union. We're in union with troublemakers, and more and more does that need to be done uh, these days for sure. And hey, Val. Hey, friendly people out there. Hey, our best listening audience. Troublemaking is what we're about. We better get together and love one another, find one another, and this is what this show is about, is to cast that wide net. It's called the Common Thread Collective for those, for those very reasons, for those very, very, for those very reasons, to find that common thread. And we'd be the Common Thread Collective, and you're all part of it to the, to the degree you choose to. Right, Val? Oh, yes, definitely. This is an eclectic mix of um, so many colorful souls. And who's going to come through that door? It might well be you. That's right. 2781 21st Street. Just here in the corner of 21st in Florida. You're all welcome. Come on down. My role is being the MC. Val is running the board. Thank you, Val. Couldn't happen without her. And I'm running around with the folks coming in because the secret of being a good MC is that uh, nobody goes away mad, nobody goes away sad, everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came to do. So come on down and we'll make sure that happens. Whether you have some songs, whether you have some uh, some poetry, they call it spoken word now, whether you're acoustic or semi-acoustic, or whether you'd like to engage in a discussion of what we're about and how we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. So Val, what do we have? Well, I'm pretty excited because, um, you know, at Mutiny Radio, there's actually, there's a station breaker. I'm sorry that I never play it. Um, We always have so much to do. Um, But basically, it's played between shows. And, you know, it's like promos for different shows. There's a few sponsors of Mutiny Radio that have a little, little commercial type spot on it. But the Common Thread Collective, nor Women's Magazine, have, has ever had a spot on the breaker before because, well, I've just never made one. So um, our friend Kevin, Kev Bott, um, took it upon himself to make this little ditty about the Common Thread Collective, basically remixing our voices. Can't wait to and, hear it, it. and it's only about a minute and a half long. So I figure we can uh, submit that and hopefully it'll be part of the next station breaker and we'll, we'll we'll feel all official. Um, So this is what, uh, (laughs) this is the the fun little ditty that uh, Kevin came up with and you're going to be hearing more of it. So here we go. Music and art and activism on the common thread music 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 and art art and art art and art and art and art and art and art and art Don't 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 don
so many comedy shows at this station, we're actually under the free comedy section. What do you guys think out there? That's wonderful. Who did that? Kevin. Kev, Kevin. Kev bot. Isn't that cool? I love that. That was so cool. He sent it the other night and I sat there and I laughed and I cried and I thought it was great. And I'm really excited that we now actually have something we can give to the station and say, you can play this between shows. And it's really, and it is funny. He actually called it the, 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 uh, the file, the comedic thread, because it is funny that we're under the comedy section when we're clearly not a comedy show, but there are so many comedy shows at Mutiny Radio that when our very helpful volunteer staff put us on iTunes, there's some weird little thing where it fell under the comedy section and, uh, well, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't really changed that yet, or figured out how. Humor <laughs> will emerge, yeah, just as, as the theme emerges each and every week. We the humor emerges too, and maybe we'll keep that in mind. And I do have a uh, persona that I'm working on. That I'm going to present one day, maybe depends at, at the comedy hour, which comes right after ours. A persona, persona. I think we're going to do comedy. It's going to have a persona. Rather than just be blah blah blah, and my 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 persona is old hippie dude, old hippie dude. Here I be, just myself, but more so, and more so. But that will come out. Hey Val, that was so good. That was tight. The word tight works in several different ways. Tight, uh, like sick. No, that's sick. Well, this is tight, and I don't mean loose. That's really tight, and I hope uh, I hope it gets played a lot. I hope people can play a lot and get turned on to what we do in these three hours and the hour you did before in these three hours called the Common Thread Collective. So what else do we have? We're going to play some. Uh, you have uh, something. We're going to. What you're going to play now? What is it, Bill? Oh, sure. Well, in uh, we can do this at, at any at any point, but well, you know, this, sooner the better, I guess we could say. Um, if you have a cue it up. I, well, yeah, I do. Um, so basically, um, we're going to be playing part of a podcast from our show that we did back in March. It was a March 30th podcast, um, but we had some technical difficulties that day with our auto podcasting system. So the show that uploaded and is available on mutinyradio.fm and presumably on iTunes under the stinking comedy section um, for March 30th. Um, it didn't upload right. And so we basically lost the first hour or so of the show, um, on our auto podcast. But luckily I always record the show as well. So I have the full recording of the show. The reason why that show in particular is of interest is because that was the first time that our friend Shahid Buttar, who's running for U S Congress in district 12 here in San Francisco against Nancy Pelosi. He's going to be, he's on the ballot, um, for the June 5th primary, um, so the top two people from that primary in June go on to be the final uh, candidates that we'll be voting for in November for the House of Representatives. And so um, um, I wanted to, to honor the fact that Shahid was here because we had this great conversation. And Dave, you're part of it too. That was a day that you weren't here in studio, but you called in and you were part of the conversation with Shahid. One week I've missed of all the dozens of weeks we've sat here together. Yes, just the I only had, one. The only one, but I happened to be there. I was in a lot of pain. Ouch, oh, my back. Ouch. Oh, I know. Go. And but 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 luckily we realized, or I realized, that we both realized, I could call in, 
and ask occasional questions from my bed of pain. That was a time when I thought I wasn't going to be walking again. Well, I wasn't going to be walking again. You've seen my wheelchair. It turned out I could walk again to a degree. But my wheelchair is still there. And there I was sitting in my wheelchair, in my bedroom, maybe in my bed, sometimes too, talking to Shahid, who's a great candidate, uh, candidate uh, on the progressive side, to hope to uh, send in a good retirement to uh, Nancy Pelosi. And so we have it here. We do. We do. So we're going to play that segment. It's about 20 minutes long, um, but it's a worthy 20 minutes. So don't get confused. Um, Diamond Dave is here in the studio today. It is Friday, May 18th, 2018. The podcast is from a a lost tape, if you will, of um, March 30th. And um, if you want more information about Shahid Buttar, you can go to his website, Shahid, that's S-H-A-H-I-D, shahidforchange.org. Us. Um, and so, without further adieu, 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 want you to hear this interview. .fm. And uh, yeah, we have our friend Shahid who's in here. And welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Thanks so much for having me, Val. It's really great to have you in here today um, because you are running for Congress, um, but you're also a local poet. So um, when E.K. Keith came in last week and gave me your um, your flyer, I was really excited about that. You know, the world keeps getting smaller and smaller all the time. So uh, why don't you tell us about your campaign? You know, about uh, two months ago is the first time I quite frankly thought very seriously about this. I've been an issue advocate for 15 years, and quite frankly, I hate electoral politics. And I'm to some extent feel very conscripted by current events and watching the incumbent, Nancy Pelosi, who's represented San Francisco for 30 years, voting to extend and expand, for instance, the mass surveillance powers available to the Trump administration, selling immigrants out in the budget deal while claiming to represent our interests in the House, you know, this sort of unfortunate abdication of the responsibility that this city's representatives have in Washington, it really just uh, left me feeling like I couldn't stand by and just watch this happen. And the issues that we're running on include Medicare for all, uh, include affordable housing, include student debt relief, uh, VA benefits. And there's a way we can get to those things without having to raise taxes, particularly by taking money out of the military budget, which is bloated, inflated by fraud, waste and abuse. I could talk about a particular fighter plane with a trillion and a half dollar price tag that has no strategic rationale. Um, is that the the F thirty five? You nailed it. Yeah, the Joint Strike Fighter. Right. They've been they've been throwing money at that thing for at least a decade or more. I don't I don't know how long, but it, it hasn't worked yet either. That, so it's this total boondoggle. You know, it's ridiculous. So much money going into this one one piece of equipment. Um, so wasteful. Speak it, sister. And I would say it's even worse than that. You know, it is a boondoggle. Uh, and I would also say it's a scam. Yeah. And it's a scam that was predicted by no one less than a former U.S. president. Dwight Eisenhower, in his last speech to the American people, warned that the threat to democracy in America and our rights would come from within. And he particularly explained it in the context of the combination of safety and profit. It is the corporate interest underlying these weapons contracts. And in the F-35 case in particular, that's Lockheed Martin. It has a seemingly abstract harm, right? Like we're talking about some corporation that's fleecing U.S. taxpayer dollars. And yeah, the price tag is insane. We're talking about a trillion dollars is a million millions. And we're talking about a trillion and a half, 
So like, just try to get your head around how much money that is. And then think of it this way. It has a human, the cost has a human face. There are people in this country, millions of them, who die earlier than they would need to because they don't have access to preventive care because we allocate health care according to a profit-driven corporate distribution system, which makes no sense, right? Healthcare is a human right. It's not only a human right, but it's also, you know, healthcare costs under our corporate system are one of the primary drivers of homelessness and bankruptcy. So we could help prevent those things by giving people government paid healthcare, which would drive the cost down through simple economics, leveraging economies of scale. It would make businesses more competitive because they wouldn't have to shoulder the cost of their employees' health insurance. It's such a no brainer. And for this city, for the for the country's most progressive city, to be represented in Washington by someone who's going to defend corporate health care, you know, vote for every proposed military funding increase when there are these programs out there that, you know, the funding could be diverted to useful purposes. And that's ultimately what my campaign's about. Well, I appreciate your systems thinking and looking at how we can help heal this broken system um, because it really, I think it should be, it's inspire people because a lot of folks want to throw their hands up. And I think that's been um, an unfortunate case for so, so long that people look at the ugliness of it and they're like, well, what can I do? I throw my hands up. I don't know. That's all going to happen. Oh my God. But this is a case where in you, for, for you and, and the campaign that you've, that you've put yourself into um it's it's giving these options of we don't have to have the things as they are now they can be changed and they can be changed for the better so okay. right right on and there's dave oh i have a few questions about your campaign first of all when is the when is the election going to be so the primary the, the primary is on june 5th and it is a crowded one uh the general yeah. election's in november if i take first or second in the in, the, in june so, uh, so let's talk about how you're going to build this campaign. I just read about it really yesterday. I saw, I saw a bit about it last week. I said, "What? That looks interesting." But then last week, I happened to be uh, yeah, yesterday, in fact, I happened to be at a meeting of the Democratic Socialists and turned around and saw a very special person. And I think you know who she is. And she told me you were running. What? And I said, "What a small and interesting world." <laughs> so uh, it is that. That was Laura was running. Was working on your campaign. I think playing a big role. I imagine because she's a very unusual and interesting human being. She's a school teacher coming out of Veterans for Bernie and certainly adding That's a right. great uh, deal of uh, reach and energy on the, and on the, it's, uh, the second grade. And anyway, there you are. So we're building a campaign. It's what you're going to have to do. June is coming up. There will be the mayor's race. There's another thing that said we've been having the candidates on. So let's see what we can do to help talk about. So uh, what's your ideas of building a, building a coalition? of folks who say, I'm, I'm uh, back with this man, I'm going to walk around, we're going to campaign headquarters, we're going to make this happen. So Tell the, me about that. The key to building the coalition for me is about assembling old and new San Francisco. And so I'm, you know, part of the old San Francisco. I think, you know, the, the way you and I know each other, Dave, right, is through a very different context. Uh, and the poetry scene, the art scene, the direct action organizing scene here that I've been right. part of for, right, for 15 years is, is one side of the network that I hope very much to mobilize. For the last three and a half years, I've also worked for the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is to some extent what people uh it, it it represents the conscience of the tech community you know the sort of like voice of users and having defended wired issues magazine. wired covers us a lot and and their editorial voices 
not exactly like EFFs, but it's similar. And, and I don't want to wear an EFF hat here because just to make clear, I'm, I'm, I'm representing myself as a candidate for public office, not the 501c3 organization from which I'm currently on leave. But the point I just want to say here is that I have uh, built over the last several years a great deal of uh, visibility, connections, legitimacy, credibility within the tech sector and representing the conscience of people who work in it, promoting values like net neutrality, promoting uh, privacy in the face of an age of mass surveillance, educating people about how the threat posed by mass surveillance isn't just to privacy, but ultimately to your freedom of expression and through it, democracy. Um, you know, th that kind of work that I've done more recently can give me access to the new San Francisco and putting those pieces together, uh, you know, between Having come out of Stanford Law School, having worked at EFF, you know, I'm a, I'm a DJ in the Burning Man community. There's a lot. I'm an activist in the peace and justice community, in the immigrant rights movement, in the police accountability movement, in Occupy, right? So remixing all of those scenes, uh, I think, can offer an opportunity to basically outflank the incumbent on both the left and the right. I am both more progressive. Well, I happen to see her. I don't know if I saw the picture. I was way to begin by some, an early picture of the march. That last March of Saturday, and there was there she was, and the first thought I would had when I saw her, she's backstage. Was it's time for this woman to retire? <laughs> I mean, I'm 80 years old, and she's something close to it, isn't she? <laughs> I think she's 78, but it's not my place to, to speak to Nancy Pelosi's age. She is, uh, I, I will say, with respect to her... I just said it. You didn't say it. Fair enough. I said, my thought was that it's time for her to retire and let the, let the new generation come in, which is what you represent. Am I right so far? Absolutely. There is... Abs we need a new voice in Washington. It's We're long overdue for a generational change. And to be quite frank, Nancy Pelosi's had plenty of time to influence oh federal politics. And we've seen how her representation often falls very short of the values that this city very proudly declares. You know, this is a liberal, progressive city, unapologetically. And, and there's a point to make here that the progressivism in San Francisco is very adhered in its liberal root. And if you can give me 90 seconds, I want to unpack this because I think it's crucial. Unpack it because the name of the show you're on, by the way, you probably noticed is the Common Thread Collective. And that comes my words of cast a wide net and find the common thread. Don't panic, just keep it organic. Dude. Right now, isn't it? Just keep it organic. And, and I'll give you a common thread. I'm going to draw a common thread that unites That's the left and the right. Run, in the next 90 seconds, I'm going to try to stitch this uh, fabric. Okay, so 19th century liberalism, what we know today as libertarianism, is grounded in the idea of markets as a liberating check on previously monarchical centralized political influence, right? And like kings and queens, the market decentralizes power, more individual liberty, yada, yada, great. Okay, 20th century liberalism, what we know today as liberals, recognize that the market itself can become a locus of oppression, and in order to help liberate people, the government can serve as an important check in removing either the impediments can, like, you know, resource constraints. So, like, a free breakfast program is an example of giving people opportunities, right? Liberating people from the vicissitudes of the market. Vicissitudes. Well, well said. Go ahead. <laughs> we are poets, are we not? So, 20th century liberalism, without an attachment to its original root, if you take the idea of trying to progress into the future without maintaining a connection to liberty principles, that leads directly to increasingly authoritarian outcomes. That is the road 
with good intentions that can lead to very hot, dangerous places. And what I mean to say here is that Nancy Pelosi is, in a lot of circles, regarded as a liberal icon and the most liberal person in the House, some would say, but it's it's preposterous. And I want to make the claim here now that she's not liberal at all. You can't look the other way on issues like the NSA monitoring the internet as a tool of global surveillance. You can't look the other way when the CIA is torturing people, violating international human rights commitments that we fought a world war to defend. You can't look the other way as immigrants are being deported en masse and claim to be a liberal at all, let alone the most liberal member of the House. And these are particular issues that I'm very concerned about because if that is the future of progressivism in this country, it will lead to a very dark place. And we have to recover liberty principles as we are dealing with inequality and, and remembering that the first, uh, I go back to Eisenhower here when he talked about the military industrial complex. Some of the, the worst enemies to our constitution are domestic intelligence agencies and police departments. And you know you see that particularly sharply with the movement of black, for black lives. We need an advocate in Washington who will fight for the city's interests. That's, that's ultimately why I'm in this. And then there's two that Nancy Pelosi also has a very wealthy husband, am I right, who has made plenty from things that have, for instance, out of Hunter's Point at the former ship yards. Things like that, he's been connected with many of these things, am I right? You know more about it than I do. I do know that she well, I know is... something about it. You better look into I think, it. I think you, you may be thinking about Feinstein's husband. No, the Pelosi's right, are also Pelosi quite wealthy. Well? Oh, yeah, 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 they are. Well, they I, are. I, I think wealthy. I'm thinking of Feinstein. But anyway... It seems to be increasingly a, 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 a common thread across members of Congress. If we were sketching before a common thread that united liberals and libertarians, you know, the common thread between Pelosi and Feinstein would be people who have served for many decades and, you know, through whatever means, grown quite rich. And, you know, I think there's a question of whether or not we live in a democracy or whether we live in a plutocracy. And that's one of the questions before San Francisco this year. And I think it's a, it's an important point to make because as we talk, as, as Dave claims, you know, oh, well, you should retire. And, you know, but what we're, what we're looking at is um, a, a field of elected officials who, um, many of whom have just been deeply embedded in the political machine uh, system for so many years. I think Nancy Pelosi has served for about 30 years. And, um, you know, that's a, that's, that's a nice long uh, amount of public service. Uh, but at the same time, we've seen where politics have gotten us to today and we see the levels of corruption in both parties and and the compromises that um, you know come from you know the whole model of democracy which is a you know a little give and take is what it's supposed to be um, but ultimately when we see uh, you know so-called progressive or liberal candidates voting to give so much money to the military when clearly there are social programs that would benefit the people um, you know across the country then we have to question what kind of compromises are these people willing to make and what kind of compromises our new generation like Shahid and maybe other Others who are now running and are, you know, to get into these positions, um, what compromises are they not willing to make, and what kind of new ideas are they willing to uh, are able to bring to the table and really try to shift this two-party focus um, and open it up and look at what is beneficial to the social fabric of the country. Um, I have a thought on just that that notion, well, and I think you're killing it when you talk particularly about the corruption across both parties. You know what I describe as bipartisan corporate control 
over federal policy. You know, you're really putting your finger on the pulse. And with respect to new ideas there, I have a few, um, and one of which, so some of the threats to fairness and competition in elections emerge from voter suppression laws that are emerging across the country. It was about two years ago, uh, maybe three, the Supreme Court struck down Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, which for a generation, two in fact, had basically protected voting rights in states with a history of discrimination. And by removing the teeth from the Voting Rights Act, the Supreme Court basically opened the door to states to start suppressing the vote, which many of them, particularly ones with Republican state legislatures, have started doing. Independent of that, there's another threat with respect to campaign finance. We know about the Citizens United decision, right? And one of my first cases as a lawyer was defending a campaign finance reform that aimed to take corporate soft money out of elections. This was six years before the Citizens United decision effectively overturned the case that I worked on and, and we won before the D.C. Circuit, Shays versus FEC, uh, to defend the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act of 2002, McCain-Feingold, some people knew it as. And then there's a whole other set of problems with respect to gerrymandering. And rather than legislate piecemeal solutions to vote suppression, to gerrymandering, to campaign finance inequities, I would rather to I dare say, use the word elegantly, instrument an extension of existing antitrust statutes, the Sherman and the Clayton Acts, to give federal judges a statutory basis to create a common law to guard competition, not just in economic markets, but also in political markets. The parties do things all the time that companies are flatly prohibited from doing. Right. The whole practice of gerrymandering, for instance, is a sustained and pervasive exercise in horizontal competitors dividing territory, which is per se illegal for companies to do in economic markets. Well, why do we let parties do it? The only reason it's permitted is because the law doesn't reach it. Well, that's something that Congress can fix. And it certainly is the case that the bipartisan duopoly isn't going to want to fix it. But people who are inclined, and this is a big part of my candidacy, too, at the same time that I'm more progressive than the incumbent, I'm also less partisan. I've worked for a long time across the aisle at the local level, at the state level around the country and in Washington uh, between progressives and libertarians. And the confluence of people who recognize the corruption of the center is critical. This is one thing. This was a theme that you saw animating Bernie Sanders presidential race uh, two years ago, which very much inspired me. And quite, quite frankly, without Bernie having established that this is possible, there's no way I would be running today. Uh, and, and I think also recognizing the way that a campaign, this going back to one of the first things we said since you brought me on was about how I sort of deride electoral politics as opposed to issue advocacy. And one reason for that is that electoral politics is often very narcissistic. And I saw in Bernie's campaign a demonstration of how you can build movements through electoral campaigns. And like that's another, you know, play in the book that I'm hoping very much to run um, and connecting volunteers to organizations and helping shout out organizations, you know, important ones that are doing great work like the Center for Media Justice and EFF and the ACLU and La Raza Centro Legal. And they're getting around a lot. Say, like say again, Dave. Let me ask this to your head. Do you plan to open a headquarters? We have a few months between now and uh, election day. It's a mayor's race. It's a, it's a Congress race. It's going to be happening. Do you, have to, you plan to open a headquarters? Yeah. We, like you might be able to do that with the, with the backing you mentioned in the Silicon Valley folks and uh, uh, what's happening here. Do you think that can happen? I do certainly hope to open an office soon. Um, you know, we just launched the campaign a month ago, so while we are getting support, I'm about it. we are uh, starting. Uh, it, it's, it's a very young campaign, so yeah, it will happen. 
You do have a website, however. We do. People can learn more about our campaign at www.shawhidforchange.us. We're up at Shawhid for Change on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, And I'll just throw out there, as long as we're talking about social media, we had a tweet last week, uh, maybe the week before, when Trump nominated Haspel to lead the CIA. Oh, yes. You're all over this. I, I, I'm, I'm aware of, of that situation. Yeah. So I've done a lot of work addressing CIA torture as a poet, as an advocate, as an organizer of artists, as an organizer of lawyers, as an organizer of teachers and psychologists uh, to challenge basically impunity for human rights abuses and the uh, participation of Pelosi, you know, and basically being read into these abuses under the Bush administration as a leader of the House and doing exactly nothing to stop it is another reason why I'm running. So we put out a tweet noting how, you know, but for Pelosi's complicity, it may well be the case that Haspel would be behind bars instead of potentially leading the CIA. And Ai Weiwei, the Chinese dissident artist, he retweeted us, which I was super uh, excited to see, you know, a little international solidarity around shared principles. That is cool. Ai Weiwei getting in on that conversation. San Francisco Rising, and one of the lead groups is, of course, with its own history, is the Chinese Progressive Association. Is that whole group of, uh, for, uh, the whole group of uh, coalition, uh, uh, the coalition that goes across the city. I mean, you know, we are sitting in the green, in the bluest city, in the bluest state, and uh, I believe that uh, if you have a, a chance to put that out there, is that right? I would say not just blue, but, you know, blue verging into something that is not just blue or red, you know, like something that I think San Francisco has an attachment to principles that none of the parties represent. Going back to Val's point, you know, Democrats are not terribly good stewards of either progressive or liberal principles. And I think people in San Francisco are post-partisan in the sense, and I think increasingly America is post-partisan in the sense of recognizing that the corporate parties don't represent us, you know, and and it's really corporate versus people. That's the relevant distinction. And and I'm a pro-people, be a person. Bernie and I were both, uh, uh, democratic socialism goes back to the uh, late 50s, early 60s, I think I'm before him, and we're both members of YPSO, Young People's Socialist League, which is, was it's the youth group of the Socialist Party USA back then. Now I'm now now we have the uh, Democratic Socialist uh, part of. But back then I was a member of a group, or connected with a group, an allied group called the Libertarian Socialists. I'm going to tell you about that. Fascinating. And, and the libertarian, that was the first time I ever heard the word libertarian, was connected with socialism. Libertarian socialists. I don't know if they're still around, but that was a Melu out of which I came first, and then Bernie came first. I'm older than Bernie, oh! <laughs> but when she came, yeah, yep, so Young People's Socialist League. And now we have the rise, very fertile, of the Democratic Socialists here in the city. And it takes me right back when something is happening once again, you know? Uh, that's fascinating to hear that. And I, I think particularly the idea of socialism and libertarianism being combined. I mean, that, I think, is where this city is at. You know, the recognition that we should have social liberties and the right to, for instance, not just right. to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures and the right to marry the partner of one's choice, which I did a lot of work to advance early in my career, uh, oh my but, but also the right to have a private conversation, you know, the right to dissent, the right to identify and practice your life how you want to. And like that, this city has always stood for iconoclasm. Uh, culturally, um, even economically, you think about, you know, that there's a whole new industry that was born here in the last generation. Well, you know, I, I like to say, uh, I do say it once around the show, I've always heard it, that I'd be one-third beatnik. I started in the 50s here, I hit, hit in 57, 
one third beatnik, one third hippie, and one third punk as fuck. You got me. My man. So we're having a public conversation now, but I want you to get my number from Val and call me, will you, brother? And we'll I talk will. about how we can do more together, how Most more can be done together than we can do on our own, which Hell is yeah. what it's about. Sign me up. I look forward to connecting with you, Dave. Thank you so much for bringing me on today, and Val, for reaching out. This is a pleasure to be with you. Well, absolutely. Yeah, Dave? Oh, go ahead, Val. Oh, I was just going to say thank you to thank you for coming in today. And just so you know, I mean, we are the Common Thread Collective. We are um, broadcasting, streaming live on the internet around the planet on MutinyRadio.fm. The podcast for the show will be up on our website after the six o'clock hour this evening, uh, in the podcast archive for you to share, uh, spread wildly as, as far as you'd like to. Um, this conversation is amazing. I'm really happy to be here this Friday, um, and of course, you're welcome to come back any given Friday um, and as the campaign moves forward and uh, more more things come up or just to remind people of who you are and what you're all about. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. So, what we are, what we are sure is, is that we, 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 we aim to be a voice of all of this. The voice of change. The voice of coming together. The voice of finding, finding that common thread. And, uh, and with poetry and politics and philosophy and just uh, fellow human beings, people come together. That's what we're about, Jay, and I believe you're, it sounds like you're, that we're on the same same page. We are, we've always been on that page and, uh, and okay. we remain on it. I'm gonna drop you with one quick rhyme before I leave out. Uh, corporations are our creations. It's we the people who rule this nation. <laughs> wow. So let's get on the same page, get out of the box they put us in, and push the envelope. How's that, brother? Word up. <laughs> Word up. Hey, Val. Yo, Dave. I'm listening. To, I, got a, I got a roommate's a laptop. Oh, for the first time in all these years, I'm listening to the show, and my brother Emerson is going to come on. He is. He plays violin, and he's going to talk about something that brought him all the way here from the, from the, from the, from the upper New York State. As do I here and all that. So I'll be listening. Okay. And maybe I'll jump on when Emerson comes on too. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be on in just a couple minutes. I'm going to play Ubi after after this. But uh, again, thanks to Shahid for coming in and um, engaging us with this uh, this conversation of uh, progress and and possibilities. Again, if you want more information about his campaign, go to Shahid for Change. That's S H A H I D F O R Change dot us. And um, yeah, looking forward to to more conversations. Conversations and um, again, I know you've actually when uh, when uh, Ek came in last week and said Shahid is running for Congress. I, I looked at his picture. I'm like, he's been at Poems Under the Dome before. Oh, that! Uh, I would love one of these days to come back and talk about the origins of the 16th Admission Poetry Convergence too, because I feel like that that's really my heart and soul in the city and kind of where I fell in love with San Francisco and it became my home. Right on. Well, coming coming up on. Uh, all right, everybody, that was a portion of the lost tapes of Shahid Buttar on the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. Um, and also, right as he said at the end, um, his uh, artistic community origins of San Francisco really solidified with the 16th Admission Poets. Um, poetry on the street corner at 16th Admission every Thursday night starts around 10 o'clock. Last night was actually a pretty monumental um, 16th Admission. I, I missed it, um, but it was a significant one because Charlie Getter, who was one of the original founders and certainly the person who, you know, give or take, has pretty much made sure that it happens every week um, for 
near 50, going on 15 years. Uh, now it's 15 years. Charlie Getter said that he is stepping away from 16th admission and it will go on, but he is uh, on to other things. So um, a significant uh, time in our poetic community, um, but 16th admission will go on. Um, I'm sure last night was a riot uh, and uh, as a, a, a rollicking send off to Charlie for whatever he may now find himself doing on a Thursday night. So, Dave, um, I'm glad we got to uh, use some of the time today, and, May and, 18th. It's beautiful to sit out here with my brothers here, Jack and, and Rob, and hear myself, hear my own voice. I have uh, hear myself uh, actively act, uh, asking questions, actively helping to keep the conversation going, uh, bringing out the point, going from point to point, to hear myself as we sat back. Hey, Jack Melander. Hey, Rob. Hello, so, Dave. So we sat back in the outer area, in the theater area, talking, talking about things and happily and listening. That was amazing. And so yeah, I wish you well. And uh, I wish you well. And uh, speaking of uh, 16th Mission, I was at the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one. When I was in better shape and living right around the corner, I was always there. And it was amazing to see how it, uh, how it developed, the word got around, how the word got around, and people began to come and participate without an MC. Just jump, jump in the circle and um, jump in the circle and say your piece. A uh, piece, spelled in several different ways, your piece. Hey, Jack, have you ever been there at 16th Mission? No, but that's that, um, I think it's Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. Yeah, I, I think I was there once. And that's kind of neat. Is that the BART station? Right there at the BART Plaza. Wow. And it's also the place where we serve uh, food night bombs. Uh, God has blessed them. Sudanese food night bombs serves at 6. And uh, always a good, uh, good vegetarian feast. And then if you want to hang around or come back, then at 10 o'clock, uh, a circle is drawn on the pavement, and people just jump in. And say that piece. Rob, did you ever drop by there? I've been there a couple times. I've sung there and I've done some poetry there. It's a strange beast. Some some nights it's it's a little out of hand, a lot of a whole lot of noise, almost too much. But other nights it's it's very quiet and uh, reverential. Yeah, it's a, I had a lovely time there. And of course it depends on the weather too. Now Charlie, God bless, God has blessed him. He would try to make it every every Thursday. And sometimes it was so cold, there's just a handful of people, dedicated people would show up. But a few people are always dead. <laughs> but on a warm night in the mission, to maybe we can play that song. Uh, that's a rainy night in the mission. <laughs> on a warm night in the mission, it would be filled. There'd be uh, several hundred people there, and it was punk rock and beyond. It definitely was happening. And people would jump up, sometimes with a guitar, sometimes without a guitar, sometimes with something, uh, something which they, which they had uh, memorized, sometimes something they read from, but sometimes like the uh, purely spontaneous rant. And it was all good and all acceptable. And really it came out of the, uh, it came out of the open mic uh, that Charlie and I did at the Brainwash Cafe. But it got, that got so huge. It started with just a few people. But suddenly we said we began to, begin to ride a real rise. 15 years, put it out there. For three years, it was a time in which there was a whole new generation of poets coming in. 
and they would come there to the brainwash. Val, you ever come to the brainwash? Maybe it's before your time. Oh, I, I've, I've been over there a couple times, um, but I, I wasn't there for the poetry open mic. And it became Charlie, Charlie came and joined me uh, because I'd go to the Rainbow Gathering, like I do every year, and Charlie would be the one to step in and keep it going. And then, and then, it went, then when it got to so many people, uh, he and Rob and some others had the idea of taking it to, uh, to the Bart Plaza. And that's what happened, and that was 15 years ago, and it's still going on. Uh, hot or cold, whatever. So folks out there, you come to San Francisco, those out there around the planet listening, come on through. Or we come on a Thursday night if you want to see the real San Francisco, the raw San Francisco. That San Francisco, that truly goes back to that generation with what we call beatniks, where people, people like Jack Kerouac were renowned for, and Neil Casty, and were renowned for leaping out wherever they happen to be and letting it flow. The, the strangest night I ever had at 16th and Mission was, it was very raw. I, I wrote a poem on the spot. There was a homeless man, and he was wandering around, and he was yelling. He was just yelling over and over again, and, and eventually he just laid down on the ground, and he was still yelling. And I, you know, I, I, I wrote a poem about what he was yelling at. It was, it was a very raw experience. Well, it was, because everybody in the 16th and Mission is a raw experience if you spend some time there and begin to see what's going on there as well. What's this person? What's this person? Somebody get up and talk to this person and give him a hand. They shake his hand and he and he walks away satisfied. It looks like he got what he was looking for, whatever that happens to be. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. But that's 16th Nation. And uh, anyway, so I hope it continues. And I would have loved to have been there last night, but it was hurting too much. To, to, to walk out of my room hardly. Uh, but so anyway, but it's going to be going on. And I suggest, in many ways, this, really, this, uh, this thing we do on Friday, uh, we started on Friday as a place to begin put it out on Mutiny Radio. I ran into Monkey, and it was called Pirate Cat Radio at that time, and he invited me to come do a show. And it's, at one point, my, uh, my co-host, person who did what you do, Val, was in fact Charlie Getter. That's right. The first time I was ever a guest on the Common Thread Collective, Charlie Getter was sitting right here in the chair that I'm sitting in now. Hmm. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie is an integral part of this uh, poetic community in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. He, he's also working with Litquake. He does um, uh, some projects for Litquake throughout the year. He does the Elder Writing Project, um, where he works with... Um, our older community members in various places uh, to do writing workshops and things like that. So uh, Charlie's been, Charlie is great and he's been a really um, amazing uh, person to know. And uh, I don't think he's going anywhere per se, but he's decided to kind of step away from, you know, being the, the, the 16th admission person that everybody is like, where's Charlie? Um, so I understand uh, that. So we love you, Charlie Getter. Oh, my Charlie goodness. Getter, Charlie Getter. <laughs> he was, uh, uh, I knew him also, he was in the graduate poetry program, Poetics, at the, at the now uh, gone and demented, uh, not demented, what was uh, the, uh, <laughs> the new, new college? The new college. Uh, new college. <laughs> and he was there, uh, lamented. Uh, demented. Maybe a little demented. Well, there's a lot of uh, David, uh, <laughs> David Meltzer's out there. 
Yeah. I think Diane Prima may have had something to do with it, but it was good. Do you know a new college there, Jack? You said it looked like yep, you did. Yeah, my cousin, the first year of existence, back in 72 or something like that, my cousin went there. And it had a it had a school of law and a school of poetics. That's right. I think he could go all the way to a PhD in both of them. It was a wonderful place, and it, 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 it sort of dissolved maybe just two or three or four years ago. New College of California. Financial problems, because they, uh, as, they were, as they were struggling with uh, paying all of the, 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 the high-class faculty they had and all the rest of it, they, uh, they became kind of loose as far as uh, helping the students get student loans. You could get, get a loan and go there. Yep. And it all came crashing down. So I lamented, so we have all these... Oh, and I used to hang around there a lot. Maritza went there. A lot of the uh, women that I knew uh, went to, went to New College. It was uh, it was uh, New College was also I'd call it open arms college. If you came and said you'd like to be here, and here are your financial aid forms, and they show you how to fill them out and how to get a student loan, and then uh, there you were, a student at New College. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was good while it lasted. Certainly part of the. And I'll say this word, say that word rather not history, maybe the history and history books, not her story, history, but hipstery. <laughs> when the when the hipstery is definitely written, New College would be uh, definitely part of it. Just that sixties admission would be part of it. Sure. There's so many things that's happened here when we look back. And hey, hey, folks out there, and hey, folks in the studio, we're definitely part of it with what we do each and every week right here on Mutiny Radio. And we, we're, um, we've been written, written, written into the hipstery books. Um, Joan Rivard, who might be giving us a call a little bit later today, um, you can check out some of her writing on peacedrums.org. And she's been writing books. She's written a book that she's in the process of getting published, and it's uh, about um, the Haight-Ashbury and beyond. And she does... she. Her writing is so descriptive; it like Amazing brings you writer. down, you know, as you're kind of like walking down the street with her in the colorful Haight Ashbury or in Golden Gate Park and hanging out with the kids who are on the street. Um, and um, she called in last week to the show and and read her piece that she wrote about Mutiny Radio. So it was like describing, you know, coming into the place and the people that she found here. And she had never read these particular pieces of her work to anyone before. And then she came in and did it on our show and was encouraged by rainbow um to come and do it so uh it's it's pretty cool to be um part of the uh one of some of the threads of this of hipstery here in san francisco and joan Rivard, her style is so you you'd imagine maybe oh here's the ellison the library lady so beautiful speaking of books and but and uh Joan Rivard, we should at least get copies of her manuscripts, should be on file there at, uh, at, the, at the Mission Branch and at the, uh, at the, the Haight-Ashbury Branch of the library. That should, uh, because this woman writes, her, her knack for description is amazing because I didn't really expect it, but I'm saying, wow, she nailed it again and again and again. Yeah, so, check out her, her writing. Her website has some of her writing, peacedrums.org. And I, I met her dancing, uh, dancing with uh, dancing at the, at the drum circle, peace drum at the drum circle, and she can dance at the drum circle right there at Hippie Hill. I'm dancing, I'm, uh, I'm dancing, waving my little butt, 
and dancing around, and, uh, and, I, and I find myself dancing with this lady, a lady dressed in tie-dye from head to foot, and we're dancing and introducing herself to one another, and she said, I'm John Joan Rivard, and that's it all, all began. So she may be calling us, uh, that'd be wonderful. And it'd be wonderful to have her manuscripts, uh, manuscripts printed and published. It's a dream she has, and she just keeps on writing. Hey, Joan, we love you, sister. Well, Jack, what do you have to offer today? I got several poems. Uh, they're short ones. Uh, this first one's called State of the Art. To evolve the style of no style while playing the game of no game is the imagination to beguile, absolves the outnumbered of shame. As to that part of the brain called heart, as in poor, martyred, ghetto hero had lots of heart, the brain's mind part is diagnosed at mad as Nero. This may be a symptom of mind's own error, but in a world where analysis holds sway, those who can correct it are rarer and rarer. Not good for mind's any best metier. This one's called Drugs from... So that's, uh, that's an amazing poem to me, and it really speaks to... We mentioned hipstery, and uh, and uh, what's the first poem that you read? The one is really how it is that you can be, be part of hipstery just by being yourself, just by letting your heart speak, just by not uh, giving up or being knocked around by conventional, another line of one of my poems, conventional thinking, uh, short-sighters, deaf and blind to the spirit. Yep, exactly, Dave. You got the gist for sure. I wish, you know, I wish, Chevelle, I wish that some of the poems of Jack and Rob and others that we could put it on a we could put that up on a uh, on our Facebook page or a place where people could find them and say, hey, that's a good poem. I wish I could read that. And wish they could go to is this, but is that possible at all? Could we? Uh, well, here's my comment on that. Uh, every every week, I post the podcast to our. That's um, right to our show, to our weekly show, on our Facebook page, Common Thread Collective. Uh, in the post, I also include who was part of that show that day and tag as many people as I can. So um, I haven't been able to tag uh, Rob or Jack on there because I don't think they're on there. Um, are, you, are you guys on there? I'm on Facebook, but I, I ignore it strenuously. Good for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Facebook. Well, on the you are. Okay, so, so to, to further... I answer your question. You are everybody. Anybody who's, who's doing this is welcome to uh, go on to our Facebook page, um, find that the post of the podcast that you're a part of in the comment section. You can post any you know link you want to your website or your work, or um, you could type in a poem right there if you wanted to do that. Um, but right now, that's that's what we're looking. For. That's that's what we're working with. Sure. Well, okay, well no, it's a lot of you do you do amazing. Well, you do I'm a bow. To do it, to have to retype that or something. Um, but on the podcast, you hear the voice. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of folks who would like to see as well. I like when, yeah. when you, because you just, hey, babe, I love your words. You, you read amazing stuff. But it'd be good to work a bit on your uh, elocution to maybe a little slower, a little slower. And that way you'd be more distinct. Do you think so, you guys? Sure. I can picture Dr. Howe reading your poems. He is, uh, do you know Dr. Hal? He, his elocution is wonderful. Radio Hi. Valencia. Yeah, Dr. Hal is great. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an actor. He's got a lot of acting Oh, experience. I don't know that. Well, that would be good. But anyway, give us, uh, give us okay. another one, brother. Okay, this is called Drugs from Within. When gray hill skaters learned to cheat and motorize the old two-wheeler, endorphin rush they thought so neat becomes adrenal thrill, much realer. 
If you prefer drugs from within, you too might try adrenaline that floods you out upon a Honda. Of feelings few will you grow fonder. Of course one wants, when one reflects, hormonal joys that come with sex, which thought makes workout fans most blush who relish an endorphin rush. Hey, Jack, I listen to you, and I'm thinking, this guy is an amazing poet. And I can see how, though, like at a poetry reading, and sometimes they, you, you get to kind of, um, anyway, uh, because your words are amazing, aren't they? To be able to, not, yeah. to be able to listen to them in a way we can do here, which you might not be in another situation. Yeah. You're, you're, it's the way every one of your poems there. Oh, thanks. It's amazing. Let me give a, do you have another, or maybe Rob would, what do you, and then we could go back to you. No, let's stay with you. Okay, yeah. well, this is called The Wonderfulness of Just Anybody. Uh, Though centaurs must be strong of haunch, on lusty horsepower runs to launch with science, I tap 8 HP to fuel the thews of poetry. Vroom, 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 whirr. I'm off like a bat out of here. I'm rolling on at pell-mell pace with hill roads, bikes, coasters replace. In rain or shine, I blithely ride. The scene whips by on either side. My headlong rush can quite outdo the flight of hare or kangaroo. I'm free, I'm wild, I'm strange, I'm hot. I've more of lunge than Lancelot, but less than spinsters in a Ford, which fact I hope will go ignored. And let me incidentally note who drive or ride in car or bus must make an effort not to gloat. You're one of superhuman us. And I hardly, I don't remember hearing you repeat yourself, but, but your poems come from deep thought. Your poems come from deep thought and shows you to be a, a very literate, well-read human being. Am I right? Yes, Absolutely. indeed. Thanks beautiful, a lot, guys. Beautiful work. <laughs> I keep Jack. trying. Well, I'm glad we, that I can, we can provide a place for you each and every week uh, to come and... Uh, and some are older, some are, some are new. Here you are, Jack. Yeah, you're looking at the page again. Do you have one more? So we I, got time. We have a special I, guest coming at five. Okay, I, I have this one. It's called Free Love Allusion. There's the poem of the newly unbroken spirit among the non-possessive type, where a girl's smile may be token transcending of forebears sad hype, where a girl's smile may you embroil for purposes of friendship and desire in menages jealousy can't spoil where headiest spice takes ecstasy higher. Where you are, where are you wending these days, sweet Aaron, Blakeian archetype of loving that's free? What poet's hurt feelings are you now sparing as you sate all his famishness so lavishly? These days I wonder where you must sashay Erato, love poetry's goddess and muse. Concupiscence must have her well-deserved say, like always. How could your poet refuse? Cotitos, Sex goddess of Thrace, can one find you in this advanced age who night orgies were once inclined to grace? Does hippie communal profligacy rage? My, this is, we're both, we're both ancient kind of dudes looking back, looking back and wondering what it's all about. And you, you, you want to give, you want to give the people your age? Oh, I'm 74, but I'm getting younger. 
Yeah, that's right. We're yeah. coming around. Getting younger. Learn to love, love to learn. This never ends. I have Get one more younger. little tiny six oh, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be great. Yeah, one more. Let's hear it. Okay, this is yeah. called a Orange Rhyme. Tis known that Angela and June are different as sun and moon. They cannot seem to quite agree, so it is odd that now we see when Jane says, Halloween, let's go in orange, she's met with no dissent from June or Ange. Wow. I just shake my head and say, hey, Jack, you'd be an amazing human being. So I'm so glad that, uh, that, that you have you joining us here. Because mm-hmm. uh, joining us here... Because this would be free speech. You talk about free love and looking back at what, what it used to be. Well, it might not be free love, but we are love, loving free, but we also be free speech. Hey, Val, we got somebody on the phone, eh? We do. Dan Brady's on the phone. Dan Brady! Dan Brady! Dan, all right. <laughs> Everybody's, see how excited everybody got with Dan Brady on the phone? Well, that was Jack Melander just now, right? Yes. It was. Isn't he amazing? <laughs> He'd be amazing. You get to yes. you get to hear him at Sacred Grounds right, pretty regularly, yeah, right? Or yeah, something. he still comes by. Sometimes. He, he should come by more, though. We need to hear more of him. <laughs> he comes here each and every week, uh, Dan. Let me say this. Dan is the one who keeps the, the open mic. I want to say it's a good place to come. It's an older crowd, but it's a good place to run. Could We're trying some, to change that. That's why that. That's why I came. Ho, ho, ho. I go yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> and it's it delightful to be among some of my peers, although I'm still the oldest guy there, I think. Yeah. Right 80. Uh, but anyway, uh, hey, Dan Brady, what brings you to, uh, to the Common Thread Collective? Well, you know, I've always wanted to do this more often than I do it, and I figured, and I, and I remembered. <laughs> Hooray. I even I worked today, but I said, you know, I'll get home, I'll call Val, we'll get on, we'll read up home. And I did. Beautiful. So, um, Welcome. So what, what do you want to hear? Well, I want to hear your choice. What, uh, what you heard, uh, you heard, uh, you heard of uh, Brother Jack Mellander and what he added about free love and so what it's like to be an older guy. And all of that. So, so however that takes you, wherever it takes it, okay. takes you would be delightful. I have to go. Do all that. right. So, um, I got uh, the first one here is not titled, and it starts with questions, and then it just goes into things. You ready? We're ready. All right. Here we go. Where is your heart? Right here right now, this very moment. You know what I mean, not just the percussive muscular motions marking your moment-to-moment measures, but that singular part that knows every little thing, the unending part, and how it takes you and where it takes you and why. Why you go along with that intimate, emotive feeling of that's the ticket where is your heart when you dearly miss its peace when you cannot take its pain any longer and you ask it to please please just stop the ache that comes as steadily on as each regrettable beat does each memory that comes or goes with each and every breath, as each hope 
or wish follows on. Yes, where is your heart tonight? What is it about? What are its intentions? How does it figure in your life? What plans do you have for it? How do you hold it dear? How do you protect it? And what? What does it want of you? What is it always asking? So, where is your heart tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Where would you have it be? What does it wish? And why? Why do you ever let it play second fiddle to anything else? Wow. Wow, Dan. Hey, Dan. See, asking questions, you know, gets inside. And I think uh, I always, we always say that the show, the theme emerges. Yeah. Each and every show we have, the theme emerges, and I think it's emerging today. Hey, Val, the theme is older fella. What yeah. it's like to be an older fella. Yeah. And, uh, I thought the theme was love. I didn't. Uh, well, okay, I'll add that to it. Love, love, learn You appreciate more and more those things that you loved or those who loved you. And when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about the car or the house or the bank book. You're going to think about the people you loved and who loved you and what you didn't say or could have said or did say or should have said. You're going to. That's where you're going to be. You're going to be in your heart. In your heart. Um, yeah. And so. in the and the ancient wisdom thing says. Put places the brain at the center of the building uh, or the the building the <laughs> body the body um and the like where the heart chakra is so like yeah. you know we we always kind of think the the brain is just the the head the thoughts but like the things that you that you feel very deeply and and think about deeply come from the heart yes yeah i mean <laughs> it, it you know if you if you don't have a happy heart hello <laughs> You're not, I don't care how what your circumstances are. You're going to want to fix that for anything else. So, um, uh, do you want something funny or serious? What, what what were our choices? Funny or serious? I like funny, and because because You're funny ready? is usually funny serious. Okay, well, this is this is uh, okay. Well, this is this is funny, or in my sense of funny. Okay, you ready? Ready. Okay. So this is manners to mind. You know, mind your manners, manners to mind. It's on the silly side. And there are 19, but I read it fast. Number one, mainly if you're going to eat anyone's child, disguise it in a rich stew and never, never serve the leftovers to any of their relations, no matter how distant, it's just not done. Two, when, in an exchange of name-calling, always criticize and correct the other's grammar, it refines the mind, sharpens the wit, heightens many effects, and can serve to explosively enrage the target of your ire. Three, remember, no matter how much fun rage might be, there is always the chance you'll lose control and so say, or worse yet, do something that leaves inescapable incriminating evidence, which speaks for itself. Bodies for example. For when being accused or blamed, obfuscate is needed, deny at all costs, or start a new fight. 
If those options fail, remember distraction, misdirection, and incoherence are reasonable tactics, and the ends always justify the means. Number six, I'm skipping around here. Never grope under the table at dinner time. The proper time is with dessert. Number nine, neither uncle nor aunts should put their hands down your pants. Ten, when stealing the family silver, implicate any morally suspect cuckold. Number 12, mayhem before murder, just as sex before identification theft. 13, letting go is good, especially if it's the only grip someone has on a misspent life. 15, beauty may be only skin deep, but revenge is forever. 16, chance favors the highly trained, well-armed, and vicious over the innocent and unwary. Number 19, all is fair in love, war, and marriage, divorce, friendship, the workplace, or when implicating the sanctimonious, witless, or incompetent. The points garnered depend on how well you serve your own greedy advantage. And number 11, I forgot this one. Sharp truth is best done when it produces public humiliation, shame, or better yet, ostracism. You get extra points only if your profits are indirect, and make sure Granny gets her 10%. So manners to mind, a humorous uh, overview of what you should or should not do. That's a work in progress. I'd like to do one to clean the plate, as it were. Do you mind? Oh, please, please go for it. Please clean that plate. Please clean your plate. That's ma- mind your manners, Dan Brady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so this takes us to today. It says, Somewhere Beyond the Sea. That's the title. Name of a song, but the title, too. Oh, say, let us go to a beautiful place, somewhere away, far, far away, beyond the sea and beyond what's there, to a lovely shoreline where a broad and meandering strand is windswept and rippled clean, and the breeze snaps and its air bracing, where ranks of smooth waves roll toward, then curling, before sublime water rushes in over to sweep away everything with reflections of everything. Let us find such a place, for we are in such a need of a quiet place, where sweet winds hail and shade beckons, where cool clouds loft above the hills and their tree lines, where from a dune's height, At a goodly distance, we detect the movement of an indistinct figure, quietly, slowly strolling, all alone in this vast scene, who then stops, as we observe, to look out upon the watery colors of both sky and sea, making something of a gesture, by which means we know this one seeks yet a further and farther quiet and beautiful place. For there are echoes here, and memories still too much, far too awfully much to bear, even with all this time and in all this wonderfully beautiful and peaceful space. It's as if he or she knows that in the greater world, objective deduction has become useless, reason has been rejected, and corruption creates culture, 
forming a future of lies. And I tell you now, I reject this utterly. There may be only us here and now, yet this matters not a jot, for the truth is here and now. It becomes us ever more so. Here and now, a line is drawn, and if we have to fight that future, so be it. On and on, centuries and millennia making no difference to the truth. Dan Brady. Beautiful. It's so amazing. We call call this another side of Dan Brady. Tell, <laughs> tell me this. Tell me this. Do you, do you send, send us some time to write? Or do these poems occur to me? I mean, they're long poems. And they're philosophical. They're like philosophical looks at what we're about as fellow human beings here on the planet. And Dan Brady, they're amazing. Do you Thank set you. do you set a time a side time to write, or do they occur to you spontaneously and you sit down and they flow? Tell us a bit about your writing practice, uh, Dan Brady. Okay, it has to do with listening. And sometimes I can be wh- wherever doing whatever. And because something prompts me, it could be a bird, it could be a sound, it could be my, a voice or a movie or a song on the radio, and I am transported to a, t- a, 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 a frame of mind where I listen and I take notes of what I hear. The, I write down the words that come to mind after that process is done, then there's the process where you go back and you reread it to make sure it says what you really want to say or you fix the spelling or the grammar or move things around. Um, so wow. that's where things come from, a voice that I hear and I listen to. Voice, I you, take dictation. You as much the as others part, that every, every Wednesday that you're, that you're here because of the role you're playing as the MC. Is that you have to pay attention. A lot of the people there are waiting for their day. Well, when do I come up and so on? But you have to pay attention. So a lot. Of, so uh, can we say that a lot of the things that you're encouraged by is what you hear from all those poets? Oh who, yeah. That, oh yeah. That that also happens. You know, you read somebody's poet poem or you hear somebody, and you get an idea. <laughs> it's amazing. Another, as I say, learn to love. <laughs> Love to learn. And since your poems are uh, really dancing around the subject of love, like so many of our poems, it's learning to love and loving to learn. Hey, Dan Brady, so glad you called. Thank and, you. And uh, Dan Brady can be found it was each and every Wednesday, just as, Val, just as Val and I can be found every Friday. You can be found every Wednesday at Sacred Ground Cafe, which is on, on Hayes Street, across the panhandle from Hayes Street. And what, is that a coal? Hayes and coal. Hayes and coal. So come on Hayes. through, check it out. Hayes, Hayes. Hayes pardon me. Hayes, thanks, uh, Rob. Hayes and coal. So yes, let's Hayes and coal. Hey, Dan, let's keep connecting one another. You have anything in mind, you're always welcome here. All right, thank you, I will. And you, and you have our number. That's oh. exactly right. And the, so keep keep listening. Now I have a brother. Here's, here's our brother Rob. 
who you may not may or may not know, but give it a listen. Thank you, Dan. And now here'll be our brother Rob. Uh, he he's uh, he's also a regular member here and sometime member over there. Is that right, Rob? I'm at Sacred. I've been there more times than any other place by far. That's Every right. Wednesday, yes. I believe you know the brother. Yes. Well, he comes here every Friday. Show us what you do. I'm, I'm going to take us in a different direction with an essay, but before I do that, I can't resist the chance to jump in and share a poetry hour with Jack and Dan. Here's just a little quick short poem. This is called Escapee. I'm just another escapee, fleeing to drugs or God or TV. These be the big three, you see. But in this millennium of misery, escapes expand exponentially. The big three are purest ubiquity. Picture someone imbibing freely while watching the telly, a program of the holy variety. Enough escapist simultaneity to sedate a fucking manatee. Hard to solve hunger, poverty, and unrelenting inhumanity, when your brain has fled reality. A paradox of insurmountability? Alas, we'll see. Thank you. And uh, here we go. Let's take well, it in a different here. direction. Remember when I read essays, it's, it's time for uh, an essay about gun violence. This is called Suicide is Not Enough. Let's preface by saying uh, down there in Texas, in was it Santa Fe, Texas, there was a school shooting this morning, early in the morning, the kids were at school, and somebody came in, a fellow student came in and blew away, killed, blew away 10 of them. And so this is right on, what are we gonna do? That was, what, and certainly that those are the deepest in the red states. The last thing they claim to want is anything that will stop their guns. And yet people are dying, and their own, their own children are dying. Read it, Rob. If you are struggling to get a grip on yet another an anonymous slaughter of innocence at the hands of someone who looks an awful lot like your neighbor, is it about guns? A culture of enthusiasts with greater access to said ordinance than anywhere else in the world ever? Hollywood movie posters glamorize guns like big, sexy, shiny penises held aloft by our most famous actors and actresses, too. Do they even make video games anymore without gratuitous firearm slaughter? Is nobody playing Smurf? All right, let me guess. The new Smurf has Gargamel 2.0 with multi-auto-reloading shotgun. Do you know how many guns we have per capita in this country? Almost one. Almost one gun floating around for every friend, neighbor, relative, rival, grandma, infant, and tween that you have ever met or seen. Nobody else comes close. At number two, wimpy Serbia has barely more than half a gun for each citizen. If our great nations declared war, we'd wipe them out while they were all trying to figure out how to fire half a gun. 75% of the world's nations have to live with about a tenth of a gun per person. Live with it indeed. And the absolute anti-U.S. of the world's gun community? Tunisia! 
Would you believe me if I told you that they had just one one-hundredth of a gun per person? If you're skeptical, pat yourself on the back. I just lied. It's actually one one-thousandth of a gun. If you took away all their guns that uh, are in glass cases, not having been fired since the French occupation in 1881, it sounds like they might have no guns per person. But you know what? It ain't about the guns. When you look at the worldwide gun death rates, the causality link you're expecting isn't there. There are nine countries with hyper-high rates, and the USA is not one of them. We're merely around the top of all the rest. Now, this may just say a lot about the appalling level of violence in places like El Salvador, but still, we got the same gun death rate as the Philippines, yet their guns per capita rate is paltry. The Philippines, an NRA lobbyist's wet dream. Now, I wouldn't have devolved this much time to this time much time talking about guns if they weren't relevant, though. Anyone who imagines that 300 million available guns doesn't have a staggering impact on U.S. gun deaths is so far beyond idiocy that there's almost no point in talking with such a person. But there was a time when, if you wanted to kill somebody, you had to want it. You had to really work for it, damn it. It took stomach, fortitude. Now it takes barely more effort than pointing your finger. If we were like Tunisia, we'd have 300,000 guns in this country. If we had 300,000 instead of 300 million, is there anyone dim enough to think that murder, suicides, and more importantly in the big picture, domestic violence fatalities, wouldn't plummet? If we had 300,000 guns, is it possible that a man in Texas wouldn't have walked into a school today and murdered children? Ten. Ten children. Not his children, mind you. Just children. He's a child, too. Yeah. He was a child, too. He was only 17. 17. He was a student there. And what a man, he'd say, he intended... Like I think the, the guy at Parkland, too, maybe intended to commit suicide at the end, but they couldn't go through it. They could go through shooting 10 of his fellow students dead and 10 more in various states of critical and less condition, but he couldn't, through kill, couldn't, couldn't go through killing himself, so he's now, he's now sitting, scratching his head probably in a cell wondering, why did I do this? Why did I do this? But he also he had bombs, also he had bombs, also it's just uh, it's just incredible how this happened. So we better get together, and we have the NRA uh, saying instead, let's arm the teachers. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, tell us more. All right. Well, but none of all that is is the point. The point is that it is not about the guns. Even if we took them all away, that man, that 17-year-old, still would have tried to hurt or kill as many people as he could this morning. Why? Because we have entered an unprecedented era in human history. The era when suicide became not enough. Before the 20th century, the most shocking human act imaginable was suicide. 
Homicide has always been a close second, but nothing has ever disturbed us like suicide. Nothing has ever been as haunting. How else could it be when the fear of death is the most profound and primal of all fears? When you've reached the point where ending your life makes sense, part of that psychology was usually knowing the effect it would have. Suicide was the ultimate, I'll show them. They'll never forget me, the image of my dead body and the thought that they were somehow to blame. Suicide has always been the most intensely personal act, yet at the same time, it's also always been the ultimate example of acting out, the ultimate claiming of the last word. Kill others, people will hate you. Kill yourself, people won't know what to do. But here in the 21st century, simple suicide has lost its power to overwhelm, as few humans in this day and age haven't seriously pondered suicide at some point in their lives. Combine that with the culture of celebrity, America is the global epicenter of, and a bizarre cocktail arises, people who need to make the ultimate statement when the ultimate statement has been reduced to pitiable but not surprising. So what's left when suicide has lost its sting? Kill. Kill and kill some more. People you don't even know, as many as you possibly can. Suicide plus a body count equals the only death that touches us anymore. And the only shock left in the world? Point the barrel of a gun at the head of a child and squeeze. Bam! They won't forget me. Bam! It's not about guns. It's not about Asperger's syndrome. It's about the million and three disappointments and lonelinesses in that 17-year-old's life, in everyone's life. He wasn't born a killer. If his life had been filled with all the love, acceptance, and touch that he needed, he wouldn't have been capable of hurting a squirrel. But we don't love in this world. We negotiate. We don't accept in this world. We manipulate. We don't touch in this world. We maintain our personal space. Five years ago, the Vatican declared that hell doesn't exist. But has the Vatican ever been inside the head of a parent, denied the chance to comfort their blood-soaked child as they died? Wow. That is so amazing. I think that we have a chance to save Val to be able to put out some amazing, something like this, which should be read around the world, which ties it up, which says it all at this, uh, here in the day in which another 10 kids were, were, were shot dead at school uh, with, with, with a gun by a person who was themselves a child, a 17, a student there who had a revolver and a shotgun, which he had gotten from his father. You can add all that to that. that. It got from his father. Didn't say how he got, but he got from his father and came in there, and the first uh, first bell began shooting, 
And, and this is just what's come out so far. And now we have to this whole new phenomena, fairly new phenomena to me, called suicide by cop. <laughs> Did you mention that? In which yeah. somebody unable to do it themselves will put themselves in a position where a co- where uh, either rushing on a cop or, and it's uh, called suicide by cop, where you get a cop to kill you. Yeah, Dave, I, I, I got to thank you for, for having the details there. You know, the, the, the funny, scary thing is that I picked this piece to read not knowing that there was another shooting today. I've spent all day holed away writing a song. I had no idea there was another shooting, and it's just coincidence wow. that, I, that I picked this piece. Well, there's no, you know that part of my belief system is more and more belief that there are no accidents, that everything's connected, and just by chance, uh, not too likely, here we are. Speaking of a song... You want to? Would you like to do that song, or is that enough? I think that's enough. I think give so me, too. give me another couple of weeks to to master it. I just finished okay. it a couple hours ago, so yeah. I'll, I'll, and uh, I mean, well, that's enough. That knocked me out. What do you think? One Lizzie? thing you didn't mention, Rob, is the United States is also by far the world's largest uh, arms dealer to the rest of the countries in the world. Yeah. Billion dollars to Saudi Arabia. We're bombing uh, Yemen, the poorest country in the world, into nothing because you got the Saudis or of course Sunnis, whatever this means, and 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 the Yemenis who are bombing, but trying to bomb out of existence are Shias. The Houthis are Shias, so you got Sunnis and Shias, and uh, the the money, the bombs are being supplied, being sold to Saudi Arabia. Uh, where, where they can buy it with uh, the money you can receive from Saudi oil, it's just uh, so, so much that you have to comprehend. That, but, 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 but all I can say is, hey Val, I'm sure glad we're able to do this and put it out there and uh, and give a space where people can speak their truth to the world. You know, it's true, and I, um, you know, I think when <clears throat> when we look at so many different. Uh, things that that we're trying to uh, stand up for and um, you know peace and there's so many different aspects to peace that that and angles that we can take you know you can you can stand up for gun control you can stand up against war but it's one and the same as Jack was saying um, you know the United States uh, being a, a huge uh, the biggest arms dealer around the world um, supplying um, guns and bombs and all sorts of weapons of war um, to countries to uh, who often turn them against their own citizens um, and it doesn't matter if it's their own citizens or, or in other countries like you're saying Saudi Arabia um, you know attacking Yemen or whether it's the Israelis attacking the unarmed Palestinians in Gaza this week, um, and including medics who are out there trying to help people. Um, you know, the, the, the pervasiveness of violence and, and the manufacture of guns that people in this country hold so dear uh, in some cases, um, it's all inter- interconnected. And, and uh, it's just like with politics, you got to follow the money. Who's, who's profiting off of all of these um, weapons and the manufacture of these weapons and the export of them? Um, and it's really, you know, seeps back down to the same, uh, the same group of people. Um, so I hope that uh, people who are out there, uh, you know, trying to you know whether it's a single issue thing maybe you're out there against police violence i think what we're starting to really see is the the confluence of all of these movements the interconnectedness the intersectionality um 
to use a word that the women's movement has, has definitely been, you know, pushing and getting behind, um, that we are all in this together, as you like, as we say here on the Common Thread Collective. Um, there's so many different asset, uh, aspects and facets to um, ways that we need to uh, be aware of uh, and ways that we can come together and try to push for change. So that's provi providing a space where people like you two can come in as you do on a regular basis and put out uh, your truth as you see it and that then we find the common thread which is, uh, Bell just said I think, that we're all in this together and love is the basis, the common bind that, that emerges and uh, I'm so glad to be here every Friday to provide this space. Hey brothers, hey Val, <laughs> love is the key to our anarchy. Learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. Well I see Allison is here and I see who just came in who just came in? And Marco Harps and uh, and DJ Rubble and another folk, another dude. I don't know. So let me play a little music and we'll and we figure that all that out. Five, so let's uh, bring Allison. I'm a dog. 
dog searching for my bone I'm an eagle searching for my prey I'm a tree that planted my roots into the ground Is it unsound? I'm leaving this town I'm at Bethel Kitchens inside of himself I'm a dog searching for my bone I'm an eagle searching for my prey I'm a tree that planted my roots into the ground Is it unsound? I'm leaving this town I'm at Bethel Kitchens inside of himself All right, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm. Well, that was a little music from Bicicletas por la Paz. Go check them out whenever you can. They're a very cool band. Um, so, yeah, you're listening. We're here at Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets, right at the corner. Um, so you should come down and join us sometime any given Friday between 3 and 6. We do wrap up around 5.30ish. Um, so try to get here a little earlier than that um, to make sure we've got time to uh, let you do your thing. Because that's why we're here, uh, to build community in our doors. Microphones, hearts and minds are open to you. And uh, it's it's great to be here. So um, I think we're still trying to figure out what is... Uh, the lineup going to be for the rest of the afternoon. So I want to play again this really cool new breaker that our friend uh, Kevin uh, made for our show. And it's a lot of fun. So here you go. Um, hold on. <laughs> as as we uh, adjust, uh, you know, we make little adjustments here and there on the Common Thread Collective. It's is Mutiny Radio. We are a community-based station. Um, we pay to keep the lights on, folks. So uh, if you want to help us out, you can donate. If you go to our uh, Common Thread Collective Facebook page, the post that's pinned to the top is a donation. You can make it tax deductible, and it will go directly to help our show and Mutiny Radio. What is the Common Thread Collective? Well, let's see if I can get this to play. Waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting for the internet to work. Uh, such is the story of uh, our lives. Here we go. Let's see. Thank you. 
Yeah, that was it. It finally worked. So thanks, Kevin, for making that for us. I think it's super cool that we finally have a little like show breaker um, that we can play, uh, hopefully, in the station stuff. Yeah, Dave? It kind of represents what we're about, too. I think he gets it. I'm talking about Kevin. Yeah. I think he gets it. Of what we're about and how the two, with you and I, the two is greater than the sum of its parts. For sure, and everybody who comes through is welcome. Like, here's uh, Rebel. Here's uh, DJ Rebel, who I knew back, not back in the day, but some time ago when we were doing radio together, and here we are again. Hey, um, hey Rebel, you had something, uh, kind of an announcement, something you'd like to say. Yes, I was at a rally last Saturday in Oakland for state Senate Bill... 562, the Healthy California Act. What this is, is a single-payer health care bill for California again. Since the federal government's not going to do it, we want to do it here to, um, you know, bring it up from the bottom. And what's happening, the bill's up there, but once again, the um, Democrats in the legislature are stuffing it in committee. They and the governor don't want this bill up there because they're caught in insurance company interests and don't want to have to vote on it. So there's um, a lot of movement going on. Healthy California is a campaign claiming over 4 million people representing community and labor organizations, a cross-section of people that are working to make this happen. And I just want to cover quickly what what the bill entails and why it's so important, because there's all kinds of misinformation about this. This is a bill which can cover all residents of California. And for the misinformation that it's too expensive or whatever, it can cover all residents in California for what we're paying now or less by being more efficient. It's a comprehensive plan. Everyone has it so they can go to the doctor. And there's no difference between Medi-Cal, Medicare, private, everything else. Everybody can go to all the... um, Facilities and people themselves pay 2.3% sales tax. There's a tax the rich corporations pay 2.3%, and all the government, Medical, Medicare money goes in there, and all the profit and excessive insurance bureaucracy and everything goes out of it. So it's a, it's a way to get things straight around here and. As with everything else, if you do it good and you do it right, it can also save a lot of money for the state for other things. Wow. Right on. And uh, 
So the healthy the healthy California campaign. These are folks who have gotten together to try to support SB five sixty two. Which yeah, I did hear it had been kind of tabled for for a little while. So that's what you're saying is that it's kind of getting stopped in committee. It's not going to a full vote right now. Um, but the healthy California group. Um, I mean, that's kind of a playing on um, what we did here in San Francisco, the Healthy San Francisco program, which is a public health program that many, many people have benefited from over the years, including myself. Um, And then when the Affordable Care Act passed, um, or uh, aka Obamacare, and it required that citizens have health insurance, um, people like myself, who is a citizen, and I was on Healthy San Francisco, I was kicked off of Healthy San Francisco, because it was it's not actually considered insurance, because it's only in the city and county of. Um, so but the healthy, um, healthy California is a play on that, because um, there's so many folks in San Francisco who can't afford their health care, they work in the service industries, you know, and that's why you actually see a healthy San Francisco tax on your, uh, on your restaurant bill sometimes, um, because it's helping uh, the employers pay into a city program where that people can access for comprehensive care. Yeah, the history of this has been going on for a long time. The Democrats passed it. Um, Governor Schwarzenegger vetoed it. Mark Leno, who's running for mayor, kept bringing this up tirelessly with a few other people. With the ill-advised notion that when the Democrats take over the state, they'll push it through. And ever since Jerry Brown got in, the Democrats have refused to even bring this bill up for a vote because they do not want to vote yes on this, and they'll expose themselves by voting no on it. So this is a continued thing. If the Republicans in Congress vote down the single-payer act, these state Democrats will start screaming for it. And when it's in their core, right now they're saying we can't do anything more even though we're in charge. There's not going to be enough money there. And that's what they keep, they keep repeating lies, outright lies about how much this is go, how much more this is going to cost and it's not going to cost anymore. But they do not want to vote against the insurance structure and they're also afraid of what to do with all these workers when all these corporate insurance bureaucracies aren't needed anymore. You know, there's a lot of waste, but they'll they'll ramp up unemployment around here, so they don't want to solve it. They want to stuff it under well, the rug. They, they, I want to say that I don't think, um, they say the Democrats are monolithic. They're not just one body. There are people who represent different communities. This be, we'd be in the bluest state, in the bluest city, San Francisco, and right here in the bluest neighborhood, NOSHA. And I'm sure, I, what I want to say is the Democrats are not monolithic. Just to say all Democrats are about this. We have Democrats in power. We have Democrats in zoo, and, and we have people who are Democrats who go not all the way to the left, but a long way to the left. We should be supported, and there's no reason why you and I and everybody should become politically active. And I like the fact that uh, the middle midterm elections, women are stepping up everywhere, as they are everywhere. That's why I say goddess is galore, sisters glorious, and they'll have a very different attitude about all of this. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a cross-section of people going for this. The unions are big on it. Lower-income people are big on it. 
And the Democrats are split. There's just not enough support in the party. I believe if we had that kind of vote right here in San Francisco, we would get it, just like the way they put in healthy cal. I mean, whatever. The well, San Francisco bill willingly just to um, yeah, the healthy improve, San Francisco. improve a problem. But when you get to the state level, there just isn't enough support keep yet. It's pushing. growing. We can put that song up. Keep on pushing. Yeah. Don't give up, but keep on pushing. Well, thanks, the Rebel. We're moving on. Thanks, DJ for Rebel. Hey, uh, DJ Rebel, 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 Rebel. Is that right? Rebel. Good to have Rebel. you back. Rebel. Rebel, not Rebel, but Rebel. <laughs> I, I'm a Rebel and you're a Rebel. No, you, you, you ramble. You ramble, he, he rubbles. And I ramble too. And a Rambler. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I just saw the um, cartoon character, Barney Rubble. Oh, no, I don't know it. The Flintstones. Flintstones. Okay, I get it now. Flintstones. I understand. Hey, hey, Ellison. Hey, library lady. What do you have going on? You have a a very interesting event. It sounds like what we need to. What is it? Well, it is about community organizing. What about that? About the library. What about that? Talking about renovations. That's right. San Francisco Public Library and San Francisco Department of Public Works are planning to renovate the Mission Branch Library, that 100-year-old building at 24th and Bartlett. It has a lot of wonderful features. It got renovated, though, over 20 years ago as part of the whole branch renovation project, which went on many, many years. Wheelchair accessible. That's right. Wheelchair accessible, kid and senior friendly, lots of free computers. That's what a library is. But we've got more to do. So there are going to be meetings about the new renovations. Sounds right. And one of them is tomorrow, Saturday, May 19th at at 1 o'clock, Mission Branch Library. And people... Please check the website because um, this says one o'clock, but I had also heard three (laughs) o'clock. So, um, and I will double check it as well. But you can call for more information, 557-4252, area code 415. Oh, and the meetings. It's about an upgrade that will provide an opportunity to bring this historic building into the 21st century. Let's do it. Meet the architects and share ideas for restoring and improving a neighborhood branch library. library. And the money is already accessible, eh? Is it well, several million see, dollars? that's one of those questions that they will address at the meeting um, and more because it really will be a partnership with DPW and the city and um, probably the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library, which is where people can donate toward um, funding programs, services at the public library, any branch. Um, The Friends of the Library is the donation management factor in all of this. Well, this sounds wonderful, and that's an experiment to bring the community in. That sounds really good to me, and I guess it could be somewhere around a million dollars, maybe two, to be spent. Uh, It's just a guess on my part, but there it is. So that's an experiment of community access, community involvement, so let's do it. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, there's one more meeting next Wednesday, May 23rd, 6 o'clock, Mission Branch Library, 300 Bartlett, 24th and Bartlett. <laughs> we are open every day. You can also call and ask for a manager, 415-355-2800. And um, anyway, double check the website or call us to be certain about those times. And if you can't come to a meeting, Come and fill out a survey at the front desk. We're doing the surveys until the end of the month. And uh, we would love to hear people's feelings about our library. And Thank I guess, you. I guess, Thank uh, you, Dave and Val. I, I guess, Allison. Thank that, you, uh, Allison. I guess, Allison, that, uh, that uh, refreshments will be served. I don't know. That might just be your wishful thinking. But it will be, you will have two opportunities, everybody, to go out to the mission Dave branch. may know more about us than I do. I don't know. I don't know about that one. You are, you actually are the librarian at Mission Branch. Dave just has wishful thinking. Uh, but he also has great ideas. So um, sometimes the magic of, of both of those things converge yes. and become a reality. So yes, that's correct. He, he's and manifesting snacks as well. And um, you guys, I think it's possible. I think call the branch or come by tomorrow and I will double check that time. All right. So you heard it, folks. If you're interested, if the Mission Branch Library is perhaps your neighborhood library, we're here in the Mission District. Um, so discussions, community discussions about the renovations that will be coming up on this beautiful building, which is over 100 years old. Uh, Saturday, that's tomorrow, the 19th, we believe at 1 p.m., possibly a little bit later. Um, but then Wednesday, uh, that's what the flyer says, 1 p.m. So, right. And then Wednesday, the 23rd at 6 p.m., if you are more free in the evenings and not free this Saturday. So thank you, Allison, for that. Uh, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are cruising into the 5 o'clock hour. We still have about 45 minutes left of our show before the comedy starts. So, uh, I see that our friends Marco Harps, uh, Marco Harps, can you hear me out there? Marco Harps, can you hear me out there? Hello. Um, so, folks, if you just walked in, we're still doing the Common Thread Collective, and we've got some performers on the stage right behind you who are setting up to play. So, if you want to chat or enjoy the show, have a, you know, chill and uh, enjoy the show or um, chat outside. Those are some sensitive microphones out there, as you know. So we're going to let our, our musicians uh, do their thing. And we invite everybody to come in and uh, give a listen. Hey, Marco Harps. Oh, now I hear you. All right. Hi, Val. Hello. Here we are at the Mutiny Radio. It's true. Comments Red Collective yeah. with the amazing Valiant Val. And Diamond Dave Whitaker, bringing the show as always. Here's something I wrote, if you'd like to hear it. Uh, when I was, uh, when the first bush was in our orifice, and unfortunately, it's still very uh, pertinent. I call it Uncle Scam. <laughs> Grateful Dead said red and white And then blue suede shoes You can call my mess Same old new U.S. blues 
I'm Uncle Scam. That's who the hell I am. And I've been hiding out in the swamps of Vietnam and in the same with Sudan. I will blind your mind. You will believe I am kind. I will poison all your water. Your unborn sons and daughters. Steal your women's voices, rob all your choices. Then I'll take your taxes. That's what the facts is. I am Uncle Scamp. That's who the hell I am. And I just don't seem to give a good goddamn. Insanity, friend or enemy. I'm Uncle Scam, this who the hell I am, and I've been hiding out in your rockin' so bad. Yeah, Marco Harps. Marco. Uncle Scam. Tell it, brother. Right on. This is just as it is. If you want to hear some more, check me out. Uh, Hate Healing Harp, that's my email. That's all I got. That's it. I got a lot more songs, but that's the only way you get a hold of me. What is it again? How to get a hold of you? Hate, like the street. Healing, like a good doctor should. Harp, like the angels play. It's called a harp when you play rock, roll, jazz, or blues. And I love I love uh, Harpo Marks. And so my given name's Mark, so I call myself Marco Harp. Hey, thanks for coming down, Marco Harps. It's always good to see you and hear you play play your harmonicas and uh, and uh, put out a good screed, you know. So thanks for that. And then uh, you got a friend with you there. Is that I hear his name is Richard. So I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll play. I'll put a little music on so we make sure that the mics get set up properly for uh, a vocal and guitar. Here's a little more music from, I believe I still have the Troublemakers Union going on in the CD. Ah yes, the Troublemakers Union, anti-fascist funk. Wake up, show up, stand for human rights. Do 
Mike check in here. What? Well, we're going to do a little live mic check here. So, yeah, uh, strum a little bit on that guitar, Richard. Make sure I've got the right one. All right. Little vocals. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. Can we do a little vocal check, too? Okay. Yeah, feel free. Little bit. One, two, three. All right. I can hear your voice. One, two, three. All right. And then, uh, Marco, you've got the other mic, can huh? Can you hear me? You can't hear me. I can hear you. In the mic, though. Can you hear me now? Yes. I, yeah, I can hear you all. And we're being heard. As we and you're being heard, streaming around the planet mm. on mutinyradio.fm. This is the Common Thread Collective. Gonna miss your baby from rolling your arms. Late down last night, I could not Late down last night, I could not take my rest. My mind. Wandering like the wild geese in the west
winds will blow all my troubles away. On a northbound train Wish I was a headlight On a northbound train I'd shine my light Through the cold Colorado rain No, you're riding gonna miss me Gonna miss your baby from rolling in your Right on, Richard singing and playing guitar. Thank Marco Harp singing and playing harps. Um, that was cool. You guys sound great. You want to do another one? Okay. Good old song for sure. I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. You're gonna keep your love. You're gonna give your love to me. 
Love has got to last more than one day Love me, love me, not fade away Love me, love me, not fade away Love is love and not fade away Love me, love me, not fade away Love is love and not fade away Love me, love me, not fade away Yeah, right on you two. That was great. Buddy Holly, yeah, that was a that was a good old tune, man. Hey, thanks for coming down to be a part of the Common Thread Collective today. You're welcome anytime. Happy to have you down here. You guys, you guys playing us any uh, shows coming up, or are you just jamming around town? I guess it, well they're jamming around right here at Mutiny Radio. Which oh, Cafe International tonight, the open mic, a lower hate there, right there, a hate uh, at Fillmore. Fillmo, hate Fillmore International Cafe, hosted by Clyde Always, and there's no cover as always. That's why we like to tell you, come on down there. I ain't going to commercially advertise it because this is a nonprofit, and it's free show. We so, are the nonprofit profits. Thank you. <laughs> nonprofit profits. I think there's a lot of disciples of that around here. Um, so thanks, Marco Harps, and thanks, Richard, for. Uh, I just had one thought. I yes. thought I'd share with you guys. Please do. So I have a client, and they're called Deed It Forward, like do a good deed. So we were just at the Red Cross day before yesterday, and what they're thinking about because we've got three thousand people waiting to satisfy requests for housing, food, clothing, help with a tire, whatever. I mean, there's all these thousands of people. So Red Cross is going to have it, or Salvation Army, St. Vincent de Paul, City of Oakland. We're trying to get it in San Francisco. But if you go to any of these nonprofits and, you know, say, you know, I, I need this, they'll write up your request and put it on Deed It Forward, and we, one of these 3,000 people will probably help you out. So I thought I'd tell you that. I nice. thought that was pretty freaking amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Deed it forward. Yeah. L- lovely. Like the poem I has it. Strangers becoming friends. Friends becoming family. Family becoming community and community on the move. That's our movement. So it's about lending a hand to one another. And I'm glad to hear it again. And that's one of the themes that emerged from the show. Hey, Misha. Here be here be uh, Jet. I call her Jetstream. Here be uh, several other names. Who are you? Uh, what's funny? Cause um, Jetstream. Yeah, I'll take that name too. But um, you know me as Jetem on Facebook. But um, Jetem. Um, actually, my artists, my other names, I'm more known known by are Micropixie and Single Beige Female. Micropixie and singer be- single beige female. Single beige female. And I look at you and that's indeed exactly what you are. So tell me, you <laughs> came into life and now you're at this point of time in life and you have your third album, you're working on putting that out, getting the record cover cover right, getting it so that you're satisfied with it so you can bring it out to the world. Am I right so far? You're totally right third. so far. 
So how is it? What is this dream, this jet stream, <laughs> micropixie that you're on to bring this to the world? I could see when we first encountered one another a couple of weeks ago. For uh, we did uh, actually, uh, we encountered each other years ago, many but, times. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but somehow it, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you came in oh, my yeah. life in a bigger way, and I began to understand and say, this woman is somebody special. Aww. So tell us a bit about it. Tell us what you oh, want to yeah. do. Tell us about well, the slice of the cake. Shall we? Shall I tell them? how we connected on uh f book oh f book anyway um uh jorge uh yeah molina he wrote on some uh facebook thread he wrote love to learn and live no learn Learn to to love love and love to learn and um that and that's uh diamond dave's motto or one you know one of his sayings and i said oh that's funny that's one of the um that's one of my lyrics on on the title track to my second album the good the beige and the ugly i say i say sort of differently love to learn or learn to love and then i say i don't know but at least do one of them i say at least do one of them ideally do both at least yeah but at most make that part of your life because it's a circle i would say learn to love love to learn this never ends and that came to me just before i turned 80 years old 80 years old i'm thinking i'm an old man now truly Whatever. And the spirit speaks to me, and I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea that the spirit speaks to you too, yeah. and that's how these lines come to us, uh, close to them, but different. But as we go about our life, and now you have three albums in which you're getting you put this together somehow, yeah, some way. So it must be somebody you has a spirit that connects to you, and you have a role in life to do this. Am I right? Yeah, but Diamond Dave, you're freaking me out again because you just said some lyrics that are on my third album. Because on my third album, there's this interlude where I say, I'd like to do something with somebody, somewhere, sometime. And I was actually, you know, like I didn't, when I said that on the album, when I recorded it, it was sort of, you know, mis. Well, it was sort of meant to be enigmatic because, you know, Micropixie's an alien and we're like, who is she and all that stuff. I mean, if you actually know me, I'm very transparent, but Micropixie's a bit more, um, you know, sort of out there and then in the cosmos and everything. But anyway, she, I think what she was really talking about there, like her heart really wanted to make a third album and that's what it was about and that's what I ended up. So you freaked, you're, it's happening again, these weird verbal coincidences. Well, that's right. Which you know, keep that's happening. What, that's why I made sure uh, Michael Pixie or Jet, uh, by the, and that's why I really want to make sure that you'd be sitting in that very seat you're sitting now uh-huh. and that we jointly with Val put out to the world the fact that uh, I, I also say doing more together than either of us could do on our own, doing more together than any of us could do on our own. Which is similar to a lyric I have on another one of my songs called My Beige Foot. My Beige Foot. This is like the (laughs) twilight zone. Dave is kind of a, a satellite. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm I'm an alien, so there you a go. Satellite. Oh, like well, is, you know, I'm a cosmic gypsy. So. A satellite. There's the explanation yeah. right there. There you go. <laughs> well, we'll, well, we be the common thread collective, yeah. and that's after uh, after another four lines of mine, uh-huh. which goes. I've said a couple times today, but I'm sorry to tell it to you for the first time. The common thread collective, and these are another four lines of mine. What do we do? What do I do? I cast a wide net. Uh-huh. I find the common find the common thread. Let life flourish. And then, don't panic, I just keep it organic. Nice. You know, uh, what was the thing, cast a wide net? 
Um, grab a, a jet. What? Grab a stream jet. Grab a stream jet. There you go. So we can see how we're finding one, but I knew enough <laughs> by what I saw that I wanted to sit in this chair and say, hey, Pixie, yeah. you're welcome. I think there's, there's uh, work we can do together. Well, we're doing some of it now. Right now. This yeah, is let's do some more. We're spontaneously speaking. Yeah. And thinking about what we could do together, doing more together than either of us could do on our own, and putting it out there. Well, here I am at 80, and here you are. In at your an undisclosed age. Okay, yes. undisclosed age. Yes. But there's some dec undisclosed decades between us. <laughs> yep. I'll put it that way. That, let's right just say that. Yeah, yeah. Undisclosed decades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Decades, fuck yeah. Decades. decades. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to have lived on this planet for many decades. I appreciate all of them with each passing year. So I think we can yeah. do some stuff together. Yeah. And we begin by doing it spontaneously right here on this show, on the common thread collective, the name of the show, that we find that common thread. Well, shall we? Um, do you want to hear one of this? So, actually, That's I want. Exactly yeah, I tell want. us yeah. about your new y album. Yeah, sure. Well, the new album is called Dark Sight of the Moon, and it's the third part of um, this trilogy that started with Alice and Stevie Wonderland, which is this one and that's the true story of one little alien who came down to earth and her mission was to understand what it means to be human that's what happened on that one then on the second one the good the beige and the ugly she um she micropixie realizes she's a human being but she's a woman of color so oh flip you know uh she has all these other issues that she's got to deal with um and this is called an in the subtitle is an intergalactic feminist spy thriller and the third album is called dark sight of the moon sight not side um and that's actually you know it's big uh, oh god i started working on it just when certain massive changes happen to, um, you know, the uh, in politics in the U.S., you know, not, I mean, it Trump. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even like it was that massive. It was just that it was really obvious, right? right. All of yeah. a sudden. Um, anyway, that's called Dark Side of the Moon, mostly because, you know, like, like Micropixie, like probably all of us, because Micropixie is just an ordinary human being when she's, down here she's just observing everything just like all of you and she can see that things are re i mean she's been noticing things are really 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 bad so um yeah i mean that album is actually not out yet um i'm working on the cover artwork right now but maybe you want to play a song from the first part of the trilogy um that song that's called Cognitive Dissonance, and it's about what happens soon after Micropixie gets born. She gets a little bit screwed up by humans the minute she gets born. Well, you're here. So. I got the impression when you, uh, we do hey, hey, Val, without further ado, here we be. Cognitive Dissonance. And what it takes me to find. You'll have to grow up one day. You can't play around all your life. You need to get up early every morning. You'd better start thinking about your future. You'd better get a real job. 
You'd better make sure you have a pension plan. So, what's your speciality? Did you say you have a degree? Oh, is it a BA or a BSc? Why can't you stick to just one thing? Why can't you stick to what you know? You need to be able to get all your skills down on one page. Where do you come from? You have to know where you're going. You can't drift along aimlessly. You have to have a plan. Why can't you act like a grown-up? Why don't you look like a grown-up? Why don't you wear proper clothes? When do you think you'll have a baby? It'll get too late for you, you know. Nobody will want you when you're old and fat, with grey hair and wrinkles. Never forget that. Forget that. Forget that. Forget that. Are you Indian? Are you English? Are you French? So now, do you want to be American? You don't look like an English girl. You don't act like an Indian girl. Are you a coconut? I mean, are you brown on the outside and white on the inside? Remember where you came from. Don't forget your roots. Think about your family. Don't do anything that might shame them. Why aren't you with someone? How can you spend so much time on your own? What, 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 what do you do? Don't you get bored with your own company? You're the weirdest girl I've ever met. What planet do you come from? I think you're living in Cloud Cuckoo Land. Why can't you stay in one place? Why do you keep moving around? Why do you want to go to America now? All Americans are stupid. How well do you know this person? Why are they helping you? You shouldn't trust just anyone. People the benefit of the doubt. Pourquoi? Why are you vegetarian? That's so bad for you. You should eat meat. Mark my words. You'll waste away. Sounds to me like you have issues. You ought to go see a therapist. 
You ought to try antidepressants. Hey, have you tried Prozac? You should try Prozac. Try Prozac. Prozac worked for me. Prozac works for my dog. You won't get away with it forever. You're going to have to start being serious one day. It doesn't work like that. Best not to get your hopes up. Dreams are all well and good, but they won't pay the bills. You have to face facts. If you want to play the system, you have to stay in the system. It's about time you got a proper job. It's about time you settled down. Girls can't say things like that. Girls can't do things like that. Of course it's not fair, but that's just the way it is. You have to accept that. Oh, are you going already? Well, let me give you a lift. So are you getting a cab? What? You're going to walk? You mean you're actually going to walk there? Why would you want to walk? That was a super cool song. Why would you want to Micro walk? Micro Pixie. Thank you. So you, off the air you were saying these are things that people have actually said to you. Yeah, over the years. Yeah, I've got a very good memory, especially, well, I mean, I just, I'll, I just tend to write things down as well. You put them all together, I mean, it's kind of crazy that I'm not crazy, you know, well, I should be crazy. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at me, at 80, I've, uh, I've uh, not only have I had many children, my oldest son is 52. Uh-huh. And so I, I, I dealt with all that, not only what I was uh, 50 years ago. I was up there on Hate Street. Here's the button. Make every day a summer of love. I was there. So and so we're, we're dodging this. I talk. I call them conventional thinking, short-sighters, deaf and blind to the spirit, naysayers, killjoys, wall wall builders, door slammers, vision slayers, scribes and Pharisees of science. Theological engineers, lords of this system, things. But so life is about finding one another. It's realizing there's another way. And I think your your three volumes are now working on the cover art to getting up to release that. That seems to me, it sounds to me like these three albums you've done is about your journey and your journey in life and putting it out there and saying people should hear it and to realize we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. Let's find one another. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely been my journey since, um, I mean, I moved to San Francisco because of that first album. Um, I think prior to that, I just didn't really know what I was meant to do in life because nothing I ever did made sense to me. You know, I was in corporate world. I was, um, you know, had these stupid jobs. I was always in trouble because I would always speak up for people and and just, you know, disagree if things were wrong. And you're not meant to do that in in that world. So I was always, yeah, anyway, then I just eventually left and then I had quite a few years where I was wondering what the hell I should do and then I landed here and that's when a friend, um, his name is Jeff Creary, aka 
uh, Neo Eon Wan. That was his artist name at the time. But he, he one day after like knowing me for a year said, let's make an album together. And I said, you're crazy. I don't know how to make music and I don't know how to sing. And he said, I think you will learn and I think you could probably sing listening to your voice. So, um, yeah, then we started working on this album, Alice and Stevie Wonderland. Like we, I said, well, I've got the title and I've got the album cover because I had accidentally taken this. You know, like people call these selfies, but I call them album covers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I took both those pictures. And um, by ac- well, first, first one by accident, totally. I mean, as you can see, I don't really look like that. People are always like, is this is this you? And I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, w- but with an angle, you know, it's I call it trying. I've got tr- a triangular head there. But I said I looked like an alien and I said, I've got the title because when I met Neo, it was in this. Do you remember the oxygen bar on? Uh, oh, I do. It's yeah. on the lower height. No, it, what is it? But it used to be on Valencia, Valencia and 19th. It's what etc. is now. Oh. But oh, anyway, yeah. I was. Oh, yeah, that had many. No, no, that's now called amnesia. Oh, yeah. No, et not amnesia, etc. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I walked in there and I saw Neo performing, and then I walked. I was like, gosh, what's going on here? That was a long time ago. And then I said, I'm, I feel like I'm Alice in Stevie That's Wonderland. Right. And then a year later, he said, let's make an album together. I said, I've got, I've got the title. Wow. Um, and then we worked on it for two and a half years. And I moved here so that I could work on that because it was just the most interesting thing I'd ever done in my life. In and San Francisco. So yeah. I, I first uh, hitchhiked here. I got here. Hold on to your hand. Or your chair. I got here in 1957. Uh-huh. I hitchhiked from Minneapolis, Minnesota because I heard something was happening here. The very things that brought you brought me here in 1957. And soon after I got here, they named us Beatniks. Yeah. Like aliens with Beatniks. Yes, yes. And, that, and so here we are years later. Hey, you mentioned singing. Yeah. And we have an open mic kind of a situation here. Yeah. I'd love to hear you sing. Could you do something? Right now? Why not? God, I'm so shy to sing well, like no, that. No pressure. Let me, let me think. No let pressure. me think. What could well, I possibly sing on this? No pressure. Yeah. yeah. Or if, if you don't feel like singing, we can play another track. Yeah. We, have, we have time to play another track. Well, yeah, I mean, that, you know, I could do one track on here. It's actually uh, Tabla Balls, and it's actually spoken Tabla Balls. Let's see if I can still do it. It's called A Lesson, and uh, it's basically cappella but it's like you know tabla which in this story what happens is micro pixie lands on earth no she gets instructions to um uh arrive on earth you know through this first song earth a kit right she pick, she goes into this uh planet uh she goes into this second hand planet shop and she uh finds this box and it says earth a kit and then she ends up making making this putting this uh, kit together and she makes the earth it's a metaphor for her you know journey and then she gets this advice from the inic choir who are like the voices inside her and she forgets all that advice the minute she lands because humans screw her up because of, you know in that song but then she's all sad and lonely and like she just doesn't know what's going on on this in this on this planet you know and then later on she looks up to the sky and she sees the mothership and that's when she starts reciting actually no it's just before yeah it's just after she sees a mothership she starts reciting da te te geri naga da te te geri naga da te te geri naga dunna keri naka now the person who wrote those tabla balls will probably be really upset with me because i didn't say them correctly but you know, hey, I tried. 
um anyway like when it, i can't uh anyway when she then because you know there's a timing to that it's like it's it's actually there's a specific um beat to that and you have to get all of those uh syllables on the right and it's really it's really um it's really an amazing thing it's like what uh what tabla players um they they play that but they also can say say those balls it's really quite amazing to watch and listen i i did learn tabla for a while a short while there but not enough to really be an expert anyway after that she um she after she recites those tabla balls she starts to understand what's going on on this planet she stops thinking about her own woes and she you know her the next song the title track um is called Alice and Stevie Wonderland and that's when that's when she's you know she starts thinking about what's wrong on this planet and decides to focus on that instead i mean she you know she's still dealing with her own stuff but she she kind of gets awakened to that yeah so so we do just have a a, a, yeah. a, a, a few more minutes of the show yeah. so um maybe we should play the title track alice and stevie wonderland sure. what do you say sure let's do that it's number 10 number 10 yes yes i always welcome here i'd like you to think about how you could make your landing here on a friday yeah and come here and we can have a certain time yeah. in which you'll have some time. You can see what we do. Yeah. And, but and this is a way of getting all of this and put it around the planet and letting people know we've had how many downloads? Some thousands of downloads. Number 10, yeah. Yeah, um, no, In uh, March, we had almost 27,000 downloads for the Common Thread Collective. Wow, that's brilliant. Well, are listening. I can come and talk about this second album another time. Yeah, you can yeah. come. Uh, come yes, whatever please do. sister. I'm, I'm rolling out the well. We're saying you can come and do a performance, uh, but uh, you, or you, or you, or you can also and come here and be part of what we do here each and every Friday. Whenever you feel like walking, you don't have to take the bus. You don't have to get a, a, a lift or, a, as I say, you don't have to get a lift or a, or a Uber. You just walk right over and uh, to this beautiful neighborhood called the Mission. Yeah. And by the time you get here, you'll be ready to do what you're ready to do. Hey, sister, you're welcome. Welcome in. So let's hear, let's end, end the show. End the show with what we have. This is number 10, right? Yeah, cheers. Yeah, this is about right. And try this again. Let's. You might have to perform after all. Well, let's see. Well, you know, some sometimes uh, other life forms jump into our CD player. <laughs> and, and I love that you still have a CD player. We do. We have two of them, and oh. you know, it's weird when sometimes neither one wants to do it. Yeah. So, um, you know, so the the um, short of us being able to play this this track, um, we'll see if that actually happens. Well, if not, but I can just, uh, I where, wonder if I should. Where can people find your music online? Yeah, online, uh, it's, let's see. So I'm on yeah. Bandcamp, iTunes, CD Baby. Um, I'm on Facebook too as Micropixie, of course. Um, also a single beige female. Um, that's not an escort agency by the way um 
and uh, let's see where else am I oh I'm on Instagram and I'm also on I'm a twit as well yeah social media anti-social media I'd say so you spend a lot of your waking day wake up and you have this uh, this uh, something which you feel you must do that when a new social media comes on you're on it that you have a journey in life that by this time that you realize so we can't do the, we can't do the CD eh? don't worry about it well, man, I worry. wonder if um, you can, you can let's see what should I do let me see I could do um, we're actually going to be wrapping up here in just about up. two minutes so let's wrap up yeah, today's yeah. show but um, <coughs> Jet Je t'aime let's see okay uh, hang on, let's see if I remember it. Flip. It's been a long time. Okay. I haven't performed it in a long time. So, um, uh, how's it go? Everyone needs education. Everyone needs free health care. Everyone needs sanitation. Everyone needs fresh air. Everyone drinks clean water. Everyone eats good food. Everyone needs decent shelter. Needs their own truth. I think I screwed up something there. Well, that sounds really yeah. beautiful. And, and then it's... And then I say, what else do I say? Um, I say, we make it happen, make it happen, make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. Sing well, along. Right on. <laughs> Micro Pixie. Go yeah. check out some more of her, more of her music, micropixie.com and uh, so many other ways. Thank you so much for coming down to be a part of the Common Thread Collective today. It's been a great show. Thanks to everybody for being coming on down here. We're wrapping up. Uh, this fine Friday, May 18th, 2018. But you're welcome to come back next Friday, the 25th. We'll be here from 3 to 6. You're also welcome to tune into Women's Magazine from 2 to 3, where I, I'm continuing Global Vows election season coverage. But we're, of course, doing it on this show as well um, because uh, we care what happens in the world. Making it happen. Making it happen is exactly what this show is about. Isn't that right? Making it happen. Making it happen. Make it, well, whatever <laughs> we, we making it happen. Worry about that. We, we need to be concerned about that. Well, yeah. Go register to vote, folks. Register to vote.ca.gov. I'm Global Val here with Diamond Dave and Micro Pixie and all of our friends. And stay tuned. The Comedy Happy Hour Open Mic is coming up next here on MutinyRadio.fm. Um, and uh, we thank you for listening. And uh, again, here's a little preview, or not a preview, but here's the, the new breaker for Common Thread Collective. Thanks to our friend Kevin for putting this together, because I've never done anything like this before. Peace. We Music. love you. And art. And activism.
course we also want to thank our underwriters organic valley family of farms um, who've been rocking organic uh, collective model of business supporting an, uh, or family farms that's all in the name um, for over 30 years and they've been supporting our show here for the past two years we want to really really thank them we love what they do and they they give a lot um, they send they send food donations to standing rock they send them to uh, relief efforts after the hurricanes and the and uh, Organic Valley does a lot of really good things. So we're really um, pleased and honored to have them as an underwriter. And also Dr. Bronner's. Stay clean, folks, but don't forget to dilute. Stay tuned. Peace. The troublemakers have something to say. This is their anti-fascist funk. Wake up, show up, man, for human rights. Global, 
racism recover. Don't let racism take cover. Love, love, love all your sisters and brothers. The enemy is arrogance. The enemy is greed. Love and unity is really what the people need. Make trouble. We're the troublemakers. Help us save the world.